0: Hello and welcome to episode 59 of the Karin Ninja Podcast, which was formerly known as the When Life Gives Your Lemons Go Vegan podcast, where I still share people's incredible stories of recovery after adopting a low-fat, whole food plant-based diet and healing and recovering from conditions such as arthritis, multiple sclerosis, heart disease. Food addiction, we've had polycystic ovarian syndrome, we've had endometriosis. Oh my gosh, we've had type 2 diabetes. It's just so many there Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Check them all out. Go back, even though the introductions are still going to say that it's called When Life Foods Lemons Go Vegan. I just am not going backwards and editing all of those episodes because there's 50. Five episodes as the old name of the podcast, but they're all there, all the same messages. Just if ignore the intro, go straight into listening to these people's incredible stories of hope and recovery, because that's what this podcast is all about. This week is no exception. I say that every single week. Every single week. My enthusiasm just gets blown out of the water. What's the word I'm looking for? Every week, I get more and more excited, more and more passionate about sharing these stories. Every single person I speak to feels like their story is just bigger and better. But it's not. They're all just amazing. It's just that when I hear them for the first time, it just explodes my heart with happiness that these people are healing from these diseases and these conditions that were destroying their life. And I do you know, obviously I know what that was like because of my own journey with multiple sclerosis. So, every week I'm just so overjoyed that other people out there are feeling and experiencing the benefits of a whole f- low-fat whole food plant-based diet and changing their bodies for the better. You know, this 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 week's episode is with Doug Schmidt. He is an elementary school teacher over in the US and his story his heart disease story is just awesome <laughs> it's just awesome it's awesome to know that a man who was in his about to turn 50 and you know had been eating a certain way for his whole life can completely Transform his health and end up aging in reverse. And people say aging in reverse when they're talking about this way of eating all the time. And so for me, it's become kind of you know just a, another plant based <laughs> plant based kind of cliche. But it's not a cliche. Most people on here feel better than they did in their twenties, early late. I, I feel better than I did in my teens now and that's hard to believe for most people you know when you're when you you know Esther Loveridge she's 75 she feels better than she's felt in, for so i know, she'll have to tell you but i mean i know just from hearing her and following her on social media and following Esther's, Esther's nutritional journey on her facebook group you know she's overflowing with energy now that she didn't have you know 4 years ago before she started this way of eating and that's the same with Tim Kaufman with Doug Schmidt this week with, with all the guests on my show. Jeff Tritton, it's the same with Jenny Sw- Sweeter, it's the same with Rebecca Stonor, it's the same over and it's, just, it's the same with Joyce Hale every single week. Michael Fields, every single week without fail. No one feels worse for eating this way, everyone feels better. If people feel worse, they're not eating this way properly. But if you feel worse, you should see your doctor, see a plant-based doctor, find one, Google one. You know, you can see Dr. Malcolm Mackay via Skype. Tweak your diet, figure out what you're doing wrong. Are you tracking your track your intake on Chronometer or an app like that where you can see if you're getting everything that you need, make sure you are, make sure you're taking a B12 supplement because We need B12, so make sure that you're taking that. If you're feeling tired, figure it out. If it's not working for you, try and find what's going on. Is your gut microbiome really, really unhappy and you need to work with someone like Natalie Woodman who's a nutritionist and a gut engineer and she's an expert in healing our gut microbiomes? Figure it out. If it's not working for you, there's a reason. Be a detective and figure it out. Get some experts. And don't get some expert advice from someone who's not whole food plant based because they're not going to know how to eat optimally on a whole food plant based diet. Find a whole food plant based expert. If it's if whole food plant based isn't working for you, you're doing something wrong and it needs tweaking. So go find someone like Dr. Malcolm Mackay or go and ask a plant based dietitian like Jenny Cameron over in Whole Food Plant Based Aussies group. Ask your questions on social media, on plant-based pages. Find people who can help you. Um, and Natalie Woodman, her episode is in the podcast. So just go back and look now. I don't have it right in front of me as I'm recording this, but you can find her. You can find her over at nataliewoodman.com as well. And she's a you know gut specialist. So if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling lethargic, if you're feeling weak or lacking in energy, you're either not eating enough Beautiful whole starches and carbohydrates to leave you feeling energized and full, or you're not eating enough beautiful, vibrant greens and leafy vegetables and colorful rainbow vegetables. Check out Dr. Michael Greger's Daily Dozen app. See what you're missing. Are you missing sunshine? Are you missing exercise? Are you not drinking enough water? Are you not getting enough B12? Be a detective, your own little health detective, and figure it out because. This is this diet has worked to overcome. You know, we've got you know people on here, um, Dan and Sean from Indian Rock Vegans. They're on here. They've overcome terminal cancer. It's it's helped people with heart disease. Helped people with all types of chronic diseases. So if you're not thriving on a whole food plant based diet, do some detective work and figure out what's what's going wrong for you and make the adjustments to your diet so that you can correct it and feel as good as what the guests on my show do feel. And, you know, playing around with the amount of starches or the frequency of your meals, whatever. Obviously read books like How Not to Die by Michael Greger, Dr. Michael Greger. Read The Starch Solution by Dr. John McDougall. Read, oh my gosh, um, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease by Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. Read Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Foreman. There's plenty of books out there. there are follow all the plant-based doctors. The China Study by Dr. T. Colin Campbell. There are so many references out there, so many podcasts out there. There's so many you know, Facebook pages and groups and all those things out there to give you the answers that you need if you're not thriving on a whole food plant-based diet. So I don't know who isn't, but definitely, especially when it, when it comes to cravings, if you're struggling with cravings, Please don't think it's because you need animal products. That's why you're craving chocolate. It's because those foods are high in calories. Your animal products are high in calories. That's why you're craving them. If they're in your house, as the Chef AJ says, they're in your mouth, that your body knows it's biologically wired to seek out the highest sources of calories in your environment. So if your body knows, if your mind, if you know that there is chocolate chip biscuits in your house, a block of cheese... And a jar of peanut butter, your body is going to send you straight to to those foods because it wants to get the highest sources of energy at all times. So listen to well, I'm saying listen, but you can read Dr. Doug Lyle and Dr. Alan Goldhammer's book, The Pleasure Trap. It will tell you all about how this what I'm talking about works because they're the experts, and I'm just paraphrasing. But to learn more about your cravings and how our bodies are designed to seek out those, to seek out pleasure, and we're trapped in this cycle of constantly seeking foods that are high in calories and, and most often low in nutrients, unfortunately. Animal foods have you know almost zero fiber. They're high in calories, high in saturated f- calories from saturated fats. All of them cause... Damage to our endothelial cells, like Doug Schmidt talks about today, they all call, you know lead lead to damage to our hearts, our you know our organs, our bodies. They're all not good for us. They're all not good for optimal health. They all leave us feeling sluggish, tired. Not great. That you know, they're not great. So if you're craving them, that's just your body craving foods that are. Firstly, it could be that your gut, your gut microbiome is out of whack, and so your bad bacteria are craving the foods that help them thrive. And bad bacteria love meat, cheese, dairy, eggs, processed food, chocolate chip cookies, all that stuff that's void of fiber. That's just terrible for us, and it keeps that bad bacteria thriving, which keeps our good bacteria. Dying and terrible, and which leads to chronic disease, inflammation, all of those things, damage to our autoimmune system. It's not ideal foods for our bodies. So scrap them as quickly as you can and add in whole plant foods in abundance. But if you're struggling, like I said, be a detective. That's a big long rant. <laughs> Listen to Doug Schmidt. He is less of a ranter than me, and he has a great story to tell you about overcoming heart disease and living, thriving as a a youthful, incredible 60-year-old man. Enjoy this week's episode. Hello, Doug, and welcome to the show.
1: Well, I'm so glad that I'm here talking with you halfway across the world. It is so great. It's
0: so great. Uh, I've already given you a bit of an introduction and I'm so excited to hear your story because when I I read your story first on Forks Over Knives on their success stories page um, at their website and I just thought this story, I have to get this man on the podcast I have to share this story so I'm so glad that you said yes and that you're here with me today
1: well I, I'm glad you asked you know it, it's it's all about sharing the message so you know I'm more than than willing to help you any way I can
0: thank you so I guess doug let's just start at the start well obviously <laughs> wherever wherever the start is for you of your of your story I'd love to hear it
1: well you know I, I you know, looking back, I was 49, 48, and um, I was just walking in the yard. And I had this pain in my chest, and I sort of poo pooed it away, just said, eh, It's nothing. And then I got a pain between my shoulder blades, and then I got nausea, and it took me to the ground. And I'm going boy, this doesn't feel quite right. I laid in the grass for a couple minutes and said, whew, glad that passed, whatever that was, and got up and started walking again, and it took me right back down to the ground. Um, I got back into the house, and, you know, being a guy, and I I think, "Uh, it can't be anything, it's indigestion or something, I Googled pain in my chest, pain in my back, nausea. And across my Google feed came heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, heart attack. Oh, no. So I called my doctor, and my doctor says, you have to get to the hospital as soon as possible. And I was out of town at, at, um, at a friend's house, and so I I went to the local hospital, and I just had my friend drive me there. Actually, the friend was my wife-to-be, and... Um, she goes, what's wrong? And I go, she thought I might have cut myself or something. I go, no, I had these pains. And my doc said to go to the hospital. So we went to emergency, walked in. They hooked me up to a bunch of monitors. I'm chit-chatting with the nurses. And um, I felt fine at that point. And all of a sudden, doctors came rushing in. Nurses came rushing in. And it was a holiday weekend for us. So the staff at the hospital was light. It was a small country hospital. They said, we don't have a cardiac team on staff this weekend. It's the holiday. We have to rush you up to another hospital about 40 miles away. Um, So they took me by ambulance. They said I was having another heart attack and they took me up to this hospital and they wheel me in and they say, here's what we're doing. We're going in. We're going to put, um, do a cardiac catheterization, look and see what's going on in your heart, and most likely we're going to put in a stent. And so they said, we have 40 minutes to get in and out. And that was it. And they start working. They sort of sedate me enough where I'm not too uh, agitated. But it was sort of a dream state. And I could sort of see what they were doing on the monitor. And And just about an hour later, I came out. With a new little piece of hardware in my heart.
0: Wow! So, so you're awake for that surgery?
1: That that one I was. I mean, awake enough that I remember seeing the monitor, see the 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 catheterization happening. Um, but it was a very dream-like sort of state, in and out.
0: Ah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is my worst nightmare. <laughs> oh, wow, that is so. I never knew that you were a, a way, I know that you're saying dreamlike state, but I never thought that you would be even semi-conscious for them doing surgery on your heart.
1: Well, you know, it's it, it's it it's sort of like doing um um, orthoscopic surgery. You know, they're putting a tube in either through your groin or through your wrist up into your heart and it is amazing when you think of it Um, but you know and then they put this little thing in and they it's sort of like the Chinese finger puzzle you know that little thing that I I, I know we have them in the states finger
0: trap that that, yes yes.
1: that's sort of what it's like except very small about the size of a grain of rice and they wiggle it in and then they balloon it open and it locks in place it locks open and clears whatever the blockage was
0: ah Oh, yeah, cool. So
1: yeah, as a teacher, I'm a teacher by trade, an elementary school teacher. So it was sort of, oh, this is cool. My students would probably get a kick out of this. You
0: know, but, <laughs> Did they? <laughs> um,
1: well, you know, that's the interesting thing is afterwards. You're, uh, I'm not usually a nervous or worried person by nature. And for especially those first few months, You know, what happens if I had another one in the classroom, Mm -hmm. another heart attack? Um, I'm working with uh, kids who are seven through nine years of age. Um, So I sort of went through a scenario. You know, I explained what happened. They shouldn't be nervous or worried. But if something happens to me, where would they go? Who would they contact? Because they'd have to get to the nurse, call down, whatever. And we went. We walked through that scenario. Luckily, I, I never had to use them for that. But that was that was sort of my fear, my worry that something could happen uh, while in the classroom.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, what happened after that? After you put the stint in, like, where did you go from there?
1: Well, they, they sent me to cardiac rehab, which is a bunch of exercise. Now, now the thing is, I was. In my late 40s at this time, typical average middle-aged guy, put on a few pounds. I didn't think I was that overweight. There's a lot of guys that were heavier than me. And in the cardiac rehab, everybody was much older than me by decades. There was nobody my age. And um, so I went to the cardiac rehab. They sent me to a nutritionist who said, "Eh, you're not eating too bad. You might want to get a little bit more fruits and vegetables in but you're not too bad you're not eating fried food you're you're having chicken more than steak you're you're doing okay you know try to get in some whole grains and that was about it uh and and i only met with her once or twice um and so um my wife and i we were um getting ready to get married and um we ended up buying a small eight acre farm because we figured you know take control of as much as we can of the food that we consume. And um, so we raised our own chickens. Um, The American Heart Association said I could have um, four eggs a week. I had two from my own chickens on Sunday in an omelet. Um, I had no red meat, just poultry, chicken, turkey, fish. Um, That was about it meat-wise. Still had dairy in my diet. And a year, about a year later, one of the last days of school before summer let out for the kids, I wasn't feeling well. And um, the school nurse took my uh, you know, blood pressure and stuff and said, yeah, this really doesn't look good. And based on your history, I'm calling the ambulance. And back to the hospital I went, and they went in with another catheterization and said, well, you have some blockages, sixty percent occlusion. Um, typically, we don't stent until they're seventy or above. Let's just watch and see. Whatever you had must have been a clot that passed or something. Let's just wait and see. So after that, um, things started getting a little seriously, more serious. when um, they you are a heart patient, they put you on a, a battery of pills. You know, an ACE inhibitor, uh, a statin, um, things to um, lower your blood pressure. And I was never diagnosed with high blood pressure. I was never diagnosed with high cholesterol. And actually, my cholesterol, by their standards, wasn't bad. They just wanted my HDL, the good cholesterol, to be a little better. So they put me on a statin, and the first statin caused... um, plantar fasciitis. Oh no. (laughs) So they, after about six months, they tried me on another statin and that one caused my toes to display. Like somebody was spreading them apart. It hurt. It just, you know, so my, my toes were all spread apart. Um, and then, but that didn't change my doctors or my cardiologists, um, reason for taking me off that statin. He goes, I really want your HDL better. And so he put me on Crestor, the last one. And that one after about six months caused well actually not even six months. It caused generalized muscle weakness over my whole body. So I was I had to pull myself up out of a car. I was walking with a hiking pole. I felt like I was ninety, not in my early fifties. And my Cardiologist didn't say anything, but my general practitioner said, Doug, you're statin sensitive. You know, the, the pharmacy companies say, pharmaceutical companies say that about 10% of the population is uh, statin sensitive. I believe it's higher than that. And he says, We have two choices. We can either put you on another statin, which we know you already don't tolerate well, or we can treat it all by diet. And at that point, it was all up to me. And that's when uh, my wife and I started getting serious. And we had found Dr. Esselstyn's book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease, when I first had the first heart attack. And we just thought, give up dairy, give up meat, give up all these things. That's a little extreme. Um, But after this heart attack, we or a heart issue, I should say, at that point, because it wasn't a full-blown heart attack. Um, We we started taking things more seriously, and um, when I got off the statin and and had to treat it with diet, there was only one way to go, and that was full-on Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn.
0: Yes. Such a great book. Such a great man. Wow. He
1: is. He is. And um, so we started down that path, and... Uh, My wife took the same course you took, the eCornell plant-based certificate course, and um, that empowered her to know more, to know where to look, um, to share articles with our doctor. At this time, we actually dropped our cardiologist because my cardiologist who works at Cornell, I mean, not my cardiologist, my general practitioner at the time taught at the Cornell Medical School, and he says, if I can't handle your case, I'll recommend you to someone, and and my cardiologist was no help. He was um, over 250, 300 pounds. Um, he said I'd be on medications the rest of my life, and uh, I wanted to prove him wrong, so we started on the, on the journey, and it wasn't an immediate thing. I mean... You, you're changing a lifetime of eating habits. Uh, and, you know, I say those eating habits start in the womb with what your mother ate, your, your, your tastes, your flavors, your uh, everything. And so I had to unlearn a lot of bad habits. And it took us a while. You know, we would, um, we would you know, first we cut out fish and, I mean, all dairy, all that went away. And so we were eating plant-based, but we still had oil in the diet. And then as my wife Sherry found out through the eCornell and through reading more with Esselstyn, Doug, we can't have oil. Oil? Really? <laughs> and so we learned to cook without oil and take it out of our, our diet. And I have a, a, a bad sweet tooth. I, um, before I became a teacher, I used to be a uh, baker. So I can bake anything from croissants to, to wedding cakes.
0: Wow! And so,
1: so it's like, what? You know, and for a baker or a pastry chef, eggs, butter, sugar, flour, those are the core ingredients of every dessert. And what do you mean I can't use these things anymore? So, so it was quite a change, and we, we had to um, learn some new skills to go this way.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people, and we've had a couple people on the show. Um, um, Sorry, I think to be, sorry, I'm skipping back through my notes, everyone. Yes, I interviewed Jeff Tritton last episode and he was a barbecue chef. And I've had another, a woman who was a goat cheese maker. And I think a lot of people, when your profession and your, li- you know, your life has been about making animal products taste delicious, it, it's a real big shock and a steep learning curve to have to change all of you. Like, like you say, it's like a lifetime of learning that you have to unlearn to adopt a plant-based diet in, in when, you're, when your livelihoods come from animal foods. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, um, since then, there was a, a gentleman we get our balsamic vinegar from. And um, one day we were in, and he goes, oh, if you like this vinegar, you have to try this oil. It is just – and my wife and I said, no, we don't do oil. You don't do oil? No. Why not? And I, I use this stock phrase because it – it one, it's true, but it's also uh, makes you sound real smart. I go, it ruins the endothelial lining of your <laughs> arteries. Uh-huh. So nobody knows how to – take a comeback you know has a comeback for that and he goes really and and this gentleman um you could see in his head he's going wow you know i'm i'm causing you know death and destructions of people's arteries here with the oil i sell um but what's interesting is he's actually um over about a year or so ago he went plant-based um, so it, it's wow fun.
0: did he that's amazing he, he
1: did he hasn't dropped the oil yet but he he's getting there getting there um so so yeah it, it's hard those those lifetimes of habits and um you know even just you know we thought about where did our what did we eat before this you know we would have bread we would have. Uh, meat cheese we'd sit down and as an appetizer we'd have you know a nice brie or hearty cheddar cheese on baguette white bread of course white baguette and um, meat and maybe a salad or potatoes with dinner so where's the fiber where's all the vitamins minerals and nutrients they weren't there and now you know and then okay um i'm sure it's probably the same um over there we're, we're so used to cooking the meat and the vegetables always been the side it's always been something that's steam boiled baked or fried it's on the side it's never been the main center of a dish and learning how to prepare and cook and mix vegetables and develop those flavors that that was a learning curve
0: it's it's amazing that you because I definitely like what you're saying like the cheeses and the breads and the meats I um absolutely resonates with me and and the thing that I was thinking about it just yesterday that you know we would go to a party and we would eat the, che- the you know you're eating the whole time you're at a party you know you're snacking on the cheeses the breads the meats the this all this all this food that's full of void of fiber and really high in calories. But then you have your actual meal on top <laughs> of that. <laughs> and I just can't understand why I wasn't much, much bigger <laughs> because that's just how you eat is you have this really high calorie grazing period at a, any any function when you're with friends, eating these cheeses and these meats. And then you have the actual meal when you've already eaten a meal's worth at least of, or more of cheese, meat, white bread calories. And I just, it boggles my mind now, you know, 10 years into whole food plant-based eating that we ate that way and that we weren't all having heart problems or we weren't all really significantly. A lot of people eat that way and are quite thin and don't have heart attacks, but it's just, it's amazing that we, we, we dodged, we dodged those bullets for so long in many instances. Does that make sense? Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you know, um, this man I met this past year, Ray Cronice, he's the guy who helped Penn Jillette, the magician, lose 100 pounds in 86 days.
0: I have to get him on the show because, I mean, he's in my face a lot this week, and so I think it's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> he,
1: he's an amazing man, um, and he says, we live in a constantly fed state most, most people, you know, and he has a great paper called, uh, on oxidative priority, how our body processes food. And, you know, he, he'll say, you know, that, you know, when you eat a meal, the first thing that gets processed is alcohol. If you had any alcohol, because alcohol, there's no storage system in our bodies. So it, the body burns through that. Then comes the protein and that gets, um, um, used up for any needs we have and any excess gets excreted through the kidneys. And then comes the carbs. And then the carbs, um, they get used uh, to refill our glycogen stores. And then last comes the fat. And we have unlimited stores of fat. And he says it takes four to six hours to process a meal. Well, what happens? You have breakfast, you know, nice ham and eggs and butter on your toast, what happens four hours later?
0: You do it again.
1: You're eating lunch. Well, if, if you did not burn through, all, if your body didn't process all those calories, all, the, all that stuff, it stops where it was and starts the process all over again. Protein, carbs, fat. And then what happens four to six hours later? You eat again. So no wonder we add this fat on because we never get a chance to burn it. And, and so we just keep eating. And every time we eat, whether it's a snack, whatever, our body processes it that way. So it, it when you look at it that way, you say, no wonder I gained all those pounds each year. You know?
0: <laughs> exactly. It's unbelievable that we just – every week I think I say the same thing. It's just so – unbelievable that we've we've got as a as the most in, in, in inverted commas as the most intelligent species on the planet <laughs> <laughs> it's bizarre that the species that we think are the most it's the most simple and stupid you know like a chicken or a cow or a sheep that they know intrinsically what to eat <laughs> And you never see them very overweight unless they start eating crap that humans eat. But, I mean. Exactly. You know, you know, our- you know, they know what to eat and humans have still, to this day, barely any idea of the diet that's optimal for our health. And
1: it, it, it's sad, but, you know, it, it's also there's so much misinformation. Yeah, You know, and, and so um, somebody who doesn't like um, plant-based Nutrition, the story, my message—they'll find that article. Well, this says I can eat all the bacon I want, and it's good for me. Well, I could find an article that says anything is good for you. You know, cancer helps you lose weight, but it's not healthy. You know, um, it, it's 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 pretty sad, and nobody knows what to believe.
0: It's absolutely there is an information. We're overwhelmed with information, and it's very hard to wade through it to find. The truth, and the truth is, you know, it is debate so, so debatable by so many different people with different vested interests as well which i think can be hard and one of the things i like about we have a, a plant-based aussies group here whole food plant-based aussies group in australia and one of the founding members jenny cameron sorry jenny i'm mentioning you again i'm a stalker i'm a stalker but one of the things i love about her and her she's a she's a re- li- she was a background as a librarian so her She's a very keen researcher, and the best thing that I love about Jenny is that she finds any information that you see, so any article that comes out on social media or anywhere saying, you know, eat bacon, or this is good, or eat 12 eggs a day, a week, and it's good for you, or whatever it is, whatever comes out all the time. She goes and she finds out who the funding bodies of that study is and who has vested interests in you know, perpetuating these myths that bacon and eggs are good for us, and she really pulls apart the research in a really easy to digest way, and also explains, you know, why the research was conducted and 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 who is benefiting from that information going out to the public, which I think is really empowering to 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 learn that you may, you may find a study that says eat tons of bacon, but who who's paying for that study, and what is that quality research? in that study that's got our best, our best interests at heart. Yeah. I think that's really important to know.
1: It, it, it is. And, and it, it's sometimes difficult to wade through.
0: Mm, so difficult. That's why I love Jenny doing it. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I'm glad yeah <laughs> je- I'm glad Jenny's doing it for me. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny.
1: <laughs> uh, and That's like Dr. Greger, on nutritionfacts.org. Yes, absolutely. You know, he, he is such a gift mm. and you know, we, we they make our job a little easier, Yes. and um, he cites all the resources. He cites them. So if you have that person who says, show me the science, here's the science. Mm-hmm. Read it for yourself, and you make a decision.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, so.
0: I, so anyone, if you're not already on to Dr. Michael Greger and his book, How Not to Die, and his website, nutritionfacts.org, and his daily dozen, What to Eat Every Day to Feel amazing and live till you're 100. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely go and find him and buy his book and follow his his um website and social media pages so that you can keep up to date because he does, as Doug says, he does give us so much information and he does wade through all of the literature for us and to give us the clearest evidence evidence based answers that we we're looking for in in one in one place, which is so great, great and easy. Uh, uh,
1: uh- and in that simple layman's terms, so it's not in a lot of medical speak that we don't understand. It's just the facts.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. So, so we've we've gone off topic, but I mean, so you <laughs> found Dr. Esslson, and so what happened? How did you find? Obviously, you said you made the switch. How was making the switch? You had your your partner, wife on board, but what were those? What were those early weeks of? trying Dr. Esselstyn's diet and in removing, you know, fish, dairy, eggs, your beloved your poultry, you know, all these things that you love. What was it like those first few weeks for you? For those people who are listening, who are saying, you know, I have heart problems. This does, you know, I've heard of this, but it does seem so difficult for me to fathom leaving these foods off my plate. What was those weeks like for you?
1: Well, you know, it, it wasn't an overnight success and it wasn't an overnight process. I mean, when you go from the first heart attack to when we were full on full Esselstyn, no oil, it was probably almost four years. So, you know, after they took me off the statin, that was probably two years into the heart issues. Um, then it was okay. It's all up to me. So, you know, that's when we got rid of everything. Fish was the last thing to go. And and so we cut out all dairy. By then, we cut out the fish, which we loved our sushi, um, and that was tough. It's like we got to give up fish. Why? And and and, and actually, we, you know, not even through Esselstyn, we listened to a a couple different lectures that um, we had actually gone to Plant Stock, which on the Esselstyn farm, which um, a, a few years back. And there was a speaker there and he talked about how the oceans will be depleted in, within 30 years or something like that. Mm. And it was like, how can you, how can you um, keep partaking if, if that's what's going to happen to the oceans? We listened to – we went to the um, Ivy League Vegan um, College Conference and it was at Cornell and there was a chef there who had created a mock tuna out of tomatoes, of all things. And he said when he first entered um, the world of cooking, he could fillet a salmon, and it was this pristine, beautiful-looking fish. And he could just fillet it up. Now he he says when he cuts into a um, salmon, he has to cut out abscesses. And tumors, and it's not that pristine thing anymore because our waterways aren't pristine.
0: Oh, that's so disgusting!
1: <laughs> so when you think of that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, um, maybe it's easier now. So, so that helped to um, convince us, you know, environmentally, um, as well as my own personal health. Okay, we got to get rid of that. And the very last thing was the oil. I mean, because we read all the hype, we, oh, olive oil, and even some um, more distant plant-based doctors say, "Eh, oil's not as bad. Well, my numbers weren't coming down to where I wanted, and um, per Esselstyn, if um, you want to try to get your total cholesterol down under 150, because under 150, you're basically heart attack proof. And as long as I had oil in my diet, I couldn't get my cholesterol down that far. And once I did drop the oil, my wife and I both the same week, we both lost five pounds um, just from cutting out oil. Um, and that's when everything started falling in line, uh, taking oil, excess oil out of the diet. Um, the weight started just falling off. I lost a total of 60 pounds. I went from 225 pounds down to 165 and it was with no exercise. I wasn't running. I wasn't going to the gym. It was just walking and maybe doing some hikes with the dogs. And that was really it. Um, But once I did lose the weight, I had all this energy. I had to do something. And so I took up jogging and running. And so, um, last year at the age of 58, just before I turned 59, I ran my first marathon and two half marathons.
0: Yay! That is so awesome. (laughs) Congratulations.
1: Thanks. And I was never a runner, so that that was like a miracle. So, how
0: long have you been running for now?
1: Uh, It's been about three years.
0: See? Everyone listening? It's never too late. (laughs) It's never too late. That's so great.
1: And just this past week, I turned sixty. Ah,
0: oh, that's so, awesome! Congratulations, sixty, thanks. and feeling the it's, best ever of your whole life. Uh,
1: you know, I, I tell people I truly feel like I'm in my thirties. Actually, I don't think I felt this good in my thirties. Um, so I, I truly don't remember feeling this way. You know, when when I was growing up, my mother was a good cook and a baker, and we ate. Normal things. But as a kid, I was called Husky. I was the, the chunky kid. Um, I was the kid who was always picked first for tug of war because they wanted the anchor on the, the rope. Um, and um, I never wore anything that was slim. Now I'm wearing pants that say slim. It's like, are you kidding me? Um, so it, it really is you know, a whole physical change. Um, but the sad part is... Um, being a teacher going, looking in the schools and our our um, obesity epidemic, even with kids, I was the exception when I was growing up. Now I, I would have been the norm and, and that's sad to see.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's shocking and I remember, I, I, I'm not sure if it was Dr. Klepper or Dr. Kim Williams talking about, and I'd never thought of this and it makes so much sense and in my own episode I talk about you know when my when I went when I got diagnosed with MS you, you know you think that people think of the diagnosis as this as the first time you've been sick kind of but you when you when you look back you start to see all the signposts along the way telling you that you that, that things weren't right you know I was tired all the time from when I was about 13 years old even maybe 12 I was constipated I had candida I had chronic pain all these different I was depressed you know I was obese there's all these different signposts along the way before my multiple sclerosis diagnosis that were saying something's not right that that we ignore along the way and when Dr. Clapper or, sorry I'm sorry if, it, if I'm getting this wrong it might have been Dr. Kim Williams but one of them was talking about how in a study or a Anyway, autopsies of young children, you know, even as young as six years old, they're finding the beginnings, the formations of heart disease, in their autopsy. Um, and I was blown away because we just don't realise that you get the heart attack. Like you had the heart attack at forty. 40- nine forty-eight. Sorry, I've my notes. I turned the page on my notes. But forty-nine. Yeah. Yeah, but the heart disease is forming when you were a child. You know, and this is what we're doing to our children when we say, you know, moderation. Let them have McDonald's. Let them have this. Let them have that. We're we're damaging them now for adulthood.
1: We we, we are. And and I, I, I do a class with second graders called "You Are What You Eat," and I, I talk to them about the four most important foods to eat. Fruits, vegetables, grains, and legumes. And, you know, of course, somebody will say, what about dairy? What about protein? And I'll tell them, I go, you guys are getting that. And I have them track their food for a week and um, take a look. And there are kids that have one vegetable a week. <gasps> one. One. And, and I'm not counting French fries in that. Mm. I'm not counting any fried food in that. It's like one carrot. I'm not even counting potatoes for the most part with that because – Um, It's just amazing. And we go over why fruits, vegetables, grains, and legumes are the most important because they're not getting it. And we go through the government regulations that say they should be having so many servings a day, and they're not even having that in a week. And we talk about vitamins and antioxidants and minerals and how it helps your immune system. And I think they get it you know, but kids are still kids, but it does make them more aware. Oh, that's why they're telling me this. And, um, it's scary when you see these kids and I have a, a doctor friend who said, um, you know, children are coming in with anal fissures because they have no fiber in their diet and they have to push so hard to go, um, that, you know, they're tearing things. Um, just sad, 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 sad.
0: So sad, so wow, so when you started this transition, what were the first things that you noticed
1: you know the the probably the sad i don't want to see sad part with the heart attack heart attack is is it's all internal um so once they put the stent in, you know, I wasn't having a lot of chest pain all the time, like some people you know, older people might have, you know, um, chest pain, all, angina all the time. I didn't, um, I had it once in a while and it was when I exerted myself and it was, it would come and go. So it, that was internal. Um, until I started losing the weight, um, I didn't notice as much. And then, but once I started losing the weight, then all this energy came forth and it was like, Wow. And, and um, I found myself um, with so much energy at work that um, I had no trouble keeping up with the students, no trouble keeping up with my younger t- uh, teacher friends, and um, I had trouble sleeping at night because I had so much energy, my mind was going constantly, I didn't feel tired, that um, that's when I had to take up running because I couldn't sleep. So I had to do something to tire me out.
0: I think it's a great idea, and like I was, I was saying to to Jeff, you know, a lot of people come on the show. They end up, I, I say athletes, but they always say, "I'm not an athlete." <laughs> but but I mean, <laughs> I I was I used to always say, if you see me running, it's because I'm being chased by a knife wielding maniac. There is no <laughs> other. There's no other reason I'll be doing that, and that was in my twenties. And I would just laugh about it. I said, I never exercised since year t- grade two when I did netball for three months. And, and that was it. And then not, no exercise until I turned 28 and when I had my – major multiple sclerosis relapse i couldn't feel my legs and i started this way of eating and within a short time i just started wanting to run i wanted to well i wanted to walk started walking and then i wanted to run i just had this abundance of energy and i think for most people who do this they do end up getting more and more involved in physical activities and the outdoor and outdoor activities because we feel so alive and we want to move our bodies for the first time possibly in many of our lives.
1: Well, and it's, you know, with me at school, you know, I'll be passing people in the hall and it's like, they're trudging down the hall and I'm like zipping by. And it's like, I feel sorry for them at times because they just, you know, life can beat you down if you let it. And, um, without the proper nutrition, it beats you down even quicker.
0: Yes, it really does. It really does. So how did you go socially with friends? And I ask this to every single person on the show, but how did it go with friends, families, co-workers, um, young people in your life as far as going from eating one way to eating a very different way to most of the population? How was that for you?
1: I, I think we got invited to a lot less dinners. Uh, um <laughs> What what I I and and I joke about it and we joke about it, but I I think it's somewhat true. Um, unless you have a core group of friends that eat the same way, people don't know what to do with a plant-based eater. And even if you bring food and whatever or or their best intentions, what we've seen is some of our friends friends have gradually just we'll go out to movies together, but we don't go out to dinner. Or if we go out to dinner we'll go to a place that has options for both of us. Um, but we're, we're not typically invited to too many people's homes anymore. Um, and people don't necessarily want to come over to our house. Um, yet people, but yet people who have tried our food say, Oh, that's plant-based food or that's vegan food or um, didn't know. Yeah. It's called vegetables. you know." <laughs> so, um, so that, that's been a little tough. And, Um, there's been people at school initially who, um, had a little animosity and, um, they, they, I think when you say you go this way, especially for health reasons, people take offense a little bit because you're basically saying how they eat is not healthy. And even if you don't judge them, they feel like they're being judged and they, they have a tendency to push back a little bit. Um, Initially, when we first switched um, and we felt the way we did and um, met other people who had miraculous stories and you want to share this information and it's not out there and it's not the standard public knowledge, um, people turn you right off and people will ignore you. And we found that that's not the way to make friends or influence these people. <laughs> um So we ended up starting to just um, live by example. And if people asked us, then we'd share information.
0: I think that that's – I think that (laughs) – That's pretty much the motto of every person's ever ever been on this show is initially you're like, I want to tell everyone about this. And then you realize that no one wants to hear this. (laughs) 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 And leading by example becomes kind of the default thing. And it works too. It's just that you just can't believe that no one wants to hear it. But I guess I probably didn't want to hear it either when I was in my early 20s and loving just eating junk food and you know, not thinking about that I was leading myself into a chronic disease
1: well and, and what happened for us is fast forward about three four years and in my school district in my uh, the district I work in they had a position um, an adjunct position for health and wellness coordinator and somebody mentioned I should apply for it and I did and It enables me to basically um, do health initiatives for the whole staff, um, which is about um, 500 people in our district, 500 um, teachers, aides, administrators, clerical staff, bus drivers, the works. And um, I started a monthly newsletter and the first year... Um, what I did was had a ditch the dairy um, challenge where I I shared all the information on why dairy is bad and to try ditching it for seven days to see how you felt. And that went over not too bad. I think we had, out of the whole district, maybe 40 people participate, but 40 is better than none.
0: Yeah, great.
1: And some people were, you know, at the end said, I either cut out dairy Or I've really reduced my dairy intake. So we figured that was a win. And that year, um, the movie Plant Pure Nation came out. And and, um, we decided to run a plant, uh, a a 10-day plant-based jumpstart, your health, based on the Plant Pure Nation um, jumpstart that was in the movie. So we had some funds that we could help subsidize it. And we had a 10-day challenge where people got Kim Campbell's book, Plant Pure Nation Cookbook. They got um, meals um, for every day um, for the 10 days. And we subsidized half the cost. So it cost the, the employee about $78. And we had 31 people participate. and it was, And it was well-received. Awesome. Then the next year... We said, you know, we'd love to do it, but we can't afford subsidizing the food and stuff. Let's find a better way to include more people. And we found Rip Esselstyn's, his book came out that year, The Engine Two day Rescue Diet Book. So we bought everybody the book. That was, you know, about $20, $25. And they prepared their own meals for the 10 days. This time we had 63 people involved. And some of the people from the year before sort of became coaches for the new people who came on. And we had biometrics taken before and after. People could see the results. And there were probably about 10 or 12 that really stuck with it after that. So that was, that was a win. Well, well, the next year... We're in a consortium of school districts for our health insurance um thirty five school districts, and the man who runs that consortium goes, "Doug, I like this challenge stuff you did. Could you do it for all the administrators in the thirty five school districts? It would be about two hundred and five and i said and I said, Why limit it to the um Administrators. So we opened it up to all staff in the 35 school districts plus a community college. And um, last January, we had 1,300 people participate in a 10 day plant based jumpstart.
0: Ah, oh, congratulations! That is amazing.
1: Oh, it was crazy. I mean, we expected maybe a couple hundred. When we got 500, we said, uh-oh. When we got 800, we said, what's going on? When we got 1,300, we said, how do you connect 1,300 people to make them feel like a community and part of something?
0: Yeah, how did you?
1: <laughs> it, it, it was like my the, the, the gentleman, uh, Rick Edmondson, who's the one who supported me in all this. He goes, we were building it as we were flying the plane, it's pretty much true. Um, We created a Facebook page and um, we had people connect on there, but only about 850 connected on there because a lot of people don't like Facebook. Um, And we sent out daily newsletters with uh, Gregor videos in them and um, recipes and success stories. And we had um, some Facebook live sessions that uh, people could ask questions that we then shared on YouTube. So, all in all, um, it, it was um, pretty successful. We got on national news, even.
0: Ah, that's amazing. Awesome.
1: And the board of directors of our consortium of school districts said it was the most. Um, well-received and, um, important niche init- health initiative they've ever done. So this year they said, Doug, we want to do it again. And I said, well, if we do it again, um, based on previous years in our school district, we're going to double the number. And they said, okay, we'll be ready for it this time. Well, um, not, not only are we, um, increasing that number other school districts want in on this so now this year we have 63 school districts that are going to be doing it in january along with 15 other local businesses and we're projecting somewhere between three and five thousand people
0: congratulations look at you changing the whole world
1: (laughs) well it's crazy you know and i tell people i go I'm just bringing you the information. You're doing the heavy lifting. You're doing the day-to-day work to make changes for yourself, for whatever reason that is. Um, we're using Rick Rip Esselstyn's book again, The Engine Two Seven-Day Rescue, for the first-timers. People who are coming back for a second time, they're getting his cookbook.
0: So, so they just they just order it. Them, you trust them to order, or you just give it to them.
1: We, um, Because of our the way our insurance works and our consortium, we have enough funds that we can buy it for every single person.
0: Awesome. That is so great.
1: So that takes away any reason that somebody can't afford to do it. And um, we've had amazing stories, people coming forward, um, other people helping their MS symptoms, other people who's Husbands had heart issues. One lady came forward and said, I, I love the challenge. My my kids and I did it together. We only wish it came a year earlier. We lost my husband last year to a heart attack. You know, so so you have those sad stories. In the same breath, we had an administrator come forward and said, you know, for 25 years, doctors have tried to teach, uh, take care of my high cholesterol and they weren't able to do it, you were able to do it in 10 days.
0: That is so incredible. So people don't realize how quickly it, 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 the change can happen, especially with those types of things. And I think that we, we just don't get told that it is something that can be reversed so quickly.
1: Right. We, we had people who had um, arthritis, and they said – after five days, my, my joints don't hurt anymore Mm. because they've cut out the dairy. They've cut Mm. out those things that are inflammatory that cause the inflammation and pain. And you, you, um, once you have those believers, they're the ones that go preaching. They're the ones that are sharing the message. And, um, it's been amazing we've seen whole families come on board we've seen husbands who have been skeptical but they read the book and that's what's great about rip's book rip's book has all the science in the first hundred and some odd pages and if you read that it it, it, it's easy to read and it sort of convinces you and then you start eating the food and he has great recipes in the back um all of a sudden it's like oh this food's not too bad i can make some changes and um it's it's a, like i tell people it's a gradual journey it's it's not something that necessarily will happen overnight
0: exactly and, and i think that it's hard because we don't acknowledge we, people people don't want to acknowledge the the lifetime of eating <laughs> you know how that it <laughs> it can take a long time to make change like to change but it can also be quick like with the reversal of you know, with decreasing cholesterol or getting rid of the chronic pain from arthritis, or even just the weight, the, the initial weight loss can come quickly for some people. But I mean, there's still life, it's still a lifetime of eating one way to overcome.
1: Yeah. But, you know, it, it just, uh, we tell people you don't know what true health is or healthy is because we get so accustomed to being bloated, being constipated being um, tired and, and we we don't even realize we're feeling that bad one of uh, the first times we had the challenge there was a teacher and she would come in late almost every day um, or she'd take a day off for, for wellness day you know and and you'd see this and one morning I came in and I, I was a little early and It was about a half hour before most teachers came in, and her room was unlocked, and I thought, wow, she must be taking a day off. They must have a sub-in for her, and she pops her head out the door. She goes, hi, Doug. I I just couldn't sleep anymore this morning. I just wanted to come in and get to work, and here's this woman who she found the energy. She, she, within days of changing her diet.
0: Yes, wow. See, it's just... It gets me so excited and it excites me so much to hear what you're, the work that you're doing because it's it's changing your community you know what I mean you're, ch- you're changing people's lives and the ripple effect of that is that they then go on to inspire others and others and more and more and more people begin to adopt this way of eating and and change their health and that is not only good for them but it's good for the animals and the planet, which is just the trifecta of goodness. <laughs>
1: Right. You know, uh, um, you know, I tell people, you know, because some people, oh, it's that vegan food or whatever. I go, there's no vegan agenda here. It's a health agenda. Yes. And if you can get people to come over for the health aspect, because I think uh, uh, fundamentally humans are very self-centered, um, egotistical. We we care more about us in, in most cases. And so if we can fix their health, then they see it as a win-win. Oh, I'm helping the environment too. Oh, and no animals get harmed. Yeah, it's the trifecta. It's the trifecta.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you completely, which is why this podcast, as of this week's the first week, but this podcast was called When Life Gives Lemons Go Vegan. But now I've <laughs> just changed it to the Karin Ninja podcast. Just because because of the vegan word, I didn't want to deter people with the, that would that would normally run from the word vegan. So I thought I want, I want as many people as possible to hear these incredible stories of hope. So I'll just keep it as my name.
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, I, the, even the term whole food plant-based or plant-based is getting co-opted by big industry. You can go into a supermarket or a, a grocer and see stuff labeled plant-based. And it's processed garbage. And, um, you know, I think we have to keep pounding the message home that, no, a whole food plant-based is different than vegan. Yes, whole food plant-based is vegan. But there's lots of unhealthy vegans out there. And there's a lot of people. They're only in it for the animals. And that's their choice. But they're eating stuff that's not good for their health. I was talking with... um um Juliana Hever
0: yes and
1: um the plant-based dietitian and um she was saying she's seeing people in her practice that are vegans that had the same health issues as the meat eaters
0: well you can see that like even from going to vegan festivals I've been to a few now, and they're so. I, I, I'm so excited that there are more vegans because I think it's great for the animals and the planet. But I mean, the food there, 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 there is no whole food plant apart from the odd acai bowl <laughs> and some coconut and some coconut water. There pretty much is no whole food, oil-free whole food, plant-based food there. It's all the junk food. And that does get people to make the switch, the transition, if they're not doing it for their health, if they're wanting to do it for sustainability and, and ethics and compassionate. Compa- you know, great re- They're all great reasons as well to make the switch to a vegan diet. But, I mean, there's nothing I, – I, I can go there and I'm still so excited to be surrounded by people who are, are plant-based, but I have to take my own food, <laughs> <laughs> which is sad. You wish that there was more whole food plant-based stalls there so that you could – support those businesses and and just enjoy yourself and eat some food that you didn't have to cook for the first time in your life
1: (laughs) (laughs) well what you know what i love about the whole food plant-based community is we're all connected whether we're in australia or rochester new york whether Mm -hmm. we're in um um, detroit or florida or in europe and um it's it's Great to meet all these different people for all the different reasons. You and your MS, and and other people who were in it just to lose weight or to fix some other health problem. Um, it's amazing. It's
0: really exciting. There's more and more people like yourself, but people people starting initiatives like we have plant powered melbourne and they have potlucks and all those kinds of things where we you know we sh- people i haven't been to one yet so i'm speaking out of turn <laughs> but i should and I, I am going to get along to one soon but yeah just going to potlucks and joining people and meeting people you know uh, eating this way and making new friends because like, like you say we don't get invited out as much <laughs> so it's nice to make new friends who eat this way so you can actually go and share a meal and cook for one another and share our passion for health and healthy eating and feeling amazing. And the best part about meeting up with people who eat this way is you can meet up and say, you know, do you want to go for a hike together? And people aren't going to say, why would we go for a hike when we can go to a restaurant and drink coffees and eat cake?
1: It's great. We have have a monthly potluck. I didn't start it. Um, Do you know Tim Kaufman?
0: Yes, yes, yes. I interviewed him. He's, he's the first episode of the rebrand of my podcast. He came uh, out, his episode came out yesterday. Well, yes, no, not when, when this episode's coming out, it won't have been yesterday. It will be like three weeks ago.
1: <laughs> well, he, he lives about an hour away and he has a monthly potluck that we go to. And that's exactly what we do. We eat and then anybody who wants to go for a hike afterwards is welcome. And, um, it it is great. And he has a gentleman there, an older gentleman, I think he's in his late seventies and he was in the hospital for, they were going to give him like open heart surgery and his son came in and dad, um, you know, there's other options. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, um, look at this. And I think he gave him Esselstyn's book. Um, and he read it. That night in the hospital, the doctor came in the next day and says, okay, we're all ready to go. He goes, nope, I'm not going to do it. And he goes, I'm going to try this first. And the nurses were saying, you're going to die. And he basically told them, yeah, someday. And um, he went, and he went whole food plant-based. His son owns five restaurants in Buffalo, New York, and he's switching them all over to plant-based Menus.
0: Wow, see?
1: And I, it's just amazing.
0: That it's is amazing. so awesome. What a great story. Doug, before, I know it's getting late over there, so before we hang out, I need two things. Firstly, where can everyone follow you and see you and find you if they want to follow you on social media? Or do you have a website? Or do you have anywhere that people over here in Australia can hear your story or follow you or
1: see well, more of we're, what you're doing? Where uh, my wife and I have a Facebook group called Eat Plants Love. Right. Like like Eat Pray Love. It's yes. Eat Plants Love.
0: I love it. And
1: um, th- that group has about 1,500 people right now. And it, it's somewhat active and and um, lots of support there. Um, we do have a website that we're working on and a blog, but um, not a lot there. Um, this year, um, the challenge that we're going to do is called the Good Life Challenge. And um, hopefully that'll be in the media for people to hear more about as time goes on. And if people want to hear a little bit more about the challenge, um, if they just um, Google my name, um, ABC News and 1300, they will probably find a video of our segment from earlier this year in January when we did the challenge. And um, I'll give you that link that you can put in your notes.
0: Great. And lastly, before we, before we hang up, what would be your three biggest tips for listeners who are considering taking on this lifestyle?
1: Um, it's a journey. Don't beat yourself up over what some people say falling off the wagon. It's not falling off the wagon. You're just walking a path and you just have to – you just stepped off to look at the flowers. Get back on and keep walking.
0: <laughs> I love that, I love that,
1: and I always say, you know, um you're only one meal away from a healthier you. so if you ate a poor meal, the next meal, don't um so it, it's just a simple mindset. don't beat yourself up um we we've all been there.
0: yes, we have we absolutely have, <laughs> okay, so number that's so that was number two.
1: That was number two, I think with a uh well, first, don't beat yourself up, two. Um, I I know I said it well. Um, oh, um, you're only one meal away from a healthier you. Yes. And, and well, I'll give you one more. It's for people who say I can't give up my cheese or I can't give up this. Okay, go. Then don't. But do everything else perfect. Okay. Don't don't use that as an excuse. I can't do whole food plant based because I can't give up my cheese. Because that. You know and if you take away that, that um, obstacle, okay, now what? Okay, eat your cheese, but go whole food, plant-based, everything else. And it takes, it takes away that obstacle and it's a starting point. It's
0: such a great way of looking at it.
1: because you can't, you can't most people, probably 95 percent of us, can't give up everything all at once and go cold, go cold turkey. So do what you can and work from there.
0: Great advice. And I think like for myself and for so many others. you like my my husband is a prime example. He we were a plant-based household and he was still having oil and then when he was out he was still having cheese and meat and whatever. But after a while of eating, he didn't rule out those foods. He didn't rule out any foods. He just our house was the way it was, but outside it wasn't. After a while you start to think, well I feel so much better. Why would I have those things that, and now? But that I'm now noticing make me not feel great. And so slowly, if you just don't force yourself into like you, if you don't force yourself into purest living straight away, when it's just making it super hard and yourself super stressed and put yourself under all this pressure to be an angel eating only. non you know awesome food straight away I think it really helps to be open-minded and relaxed and say okay well I'll do as best I can at every meal like you say if I fall off I'm just smelling the flowers (laughs) and and slowly slowly for him and for most people even myself included your diet gets cleaner and cleaner anyway just naturally of its own uh, evolution
1: absolutely you know and, and it's funny because people say okay you ha- you have to cheat what's your cheat and, and I say my cheat isn't what you th- would think my cheat is and my cheat's not really a cheat my cheat um, like um, I have that sweet tooth so I I, I was tempted to go and go to the bakery, buy something decadent that I shouldn't have. And I said, "Uh, no, I can't bring myself to eat that stuff because I know what's in it. So I went to the frozen food section, got a bag of mixed berries, and then went home, took some walnuts, some oats, ground them all up, maybe a little bit of um, sucanade or or, uh, maple syrup, and baked it, and baked it. So here was a dish that would serve 4 and I ate that whole thing. <laughs> so that was my cheat. You yeah. know, so it's um I I would never think of having meat again. Um just because I know what it did to my heart and arteries and body. Um but so um, yeah, your your body adjusts and you find those new comfort foods that you crave as much as the old comfort foods.
0: Absolutely. My cheat these days, it was making those kinds of cakes that you talk about, but now my cheat probably mostly would be banana ice cream,
1: <laughs>
0: chocolate banana ice cream. Every now and again, I'm like, yes, I definitely want that. <laughs>
1: Yes, uh, that that would be a cheat, and for me, it's a real cheat because I'll put peanut butter in with. Yes, I'm
0: talk. I I was gonna say that too. Peanut butter, a little bit of peanut butter swirled through, and it is just heaven. And that is my like twice a month treat. Sometimes I have that twice a month, but not very often.
1: And when my stepdaughter comes to visit, her and her fiance say, "Can you make that for us?" You know. So uh, yeah. And, it's just and the people, best. <laughs> it, it is with no real guilt. No Bob.
0: real guilt. I just, I just because I like a big bowl, so my so it's a cheat for me because I want it with like three or four bananas, <laughs> so exactly,
1: it, be, exactly. it
0: becomes a bit too much fruit for me for the day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Ah, oh, I love it, and it's, it's people. That's shocking. Like, like you say, my, my treat. My old treats were big pieces of cake and big pieces of, you know non-vegan sweets i loved all of that food and as you go along this journey if you just just going along naturally your, your cheats change and you now i think oh, i just feel so heavy and gross if i ate if i ate any non-vegan non non-plant-based food i i know i would feel heavy i'd feel gross i wouldn't think as clearly i wouldn't have as much energy so i just don't want to
1: well, and e- even when we travel, like we traveled this summer a lot, and even though we tried to stay as clean as possible, you're out and about. You're not quite sure what some of the restaurants have, even the vegan restaurants or the plant-based restaurants, and it's not quite how you would prepare it at home. And your system is – becomes sort of ultra-sensitive to, you know, this isn't what I usually eat. I'm not getting – my greens in as often as I used to uh, when traveling.
0: I was going to say, I love greens. And I hate when you go out and you order, like I go to a Chinese restaurant with my husband and want some rice and you get the greens. And even when they say they'll put a little, they put, they'll try to avoid the oil. It still is coated in oil. And I find greens now to me, greens that are coated in oil, it just makes me feel so sad. It coats my tongue. It feels yuck. It just takes all the joy out of the benefits of greens for me when I get a bowl of greens that are covered in oil.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one of our 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 favorite dishes is this kale salad that is just bright and crisp, has lemon juice in it, and it, it's just this bright, vibrant dish that just feels like it restores your soul.
0: Yes. Yes, I it, and it's it, it, you. You do. I think Rebecca Stannor and I, in her episode, she has had MS as well. I think lots of the guests as well have talked about this, but just that you taste buds do just change when you start to think when you start having cravings, and you're like, I am craving cabbage. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I am craving just something that you never thought you would crave, like roasted Brussels sprouts or, you know, some bizarro thing that you always hated as a kid growing up. And now it's like, oh, gosh, I have to have a whole bowl of broccoli for dinner today.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My, my wife hated mushrooms growing up. And, she, and I go, well, you haven't had my stuffed mushrooms. And, and, and now she asks for them. And we have mushrooms in everything.
0: Yes, I I have lots of friends who hate mushrooms, and mushrooms are so delicious that it boggles my mind that people cannot like them. But people do. People all have funny little things, like the coriander haters—people who hate coriander.
1: <laughs> that's my that's my wife. But we just substitute with parsley, and yeah, that's it close works, enough. It works and... fine. Yes.
0: It works well. well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Doug. I've absolutely loved speaking with you and I loved hearing your story. And I'm sure that there's so many people out there who are currently living with, you know, all of the medications that, you know, ACE inhibitors, statins, all those things that you were relying upon when you know, are following your heart attack. And to hear your story will hopefully help them to take the first little baby steps on their own journey.
1: And they can always reach out to me. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, Living the Plant-Based Life on Instagram. And I'm more than willing to share and talk and help. So
0: Great. So everyone, Living the Plant-Based Life on Instagram and on Facebook. Is it just the Facebook group, Eat Plants Love?
1: Well, there's Eat Plants Love, but if, you know, I'm... Typically, I friend almost anybody.
0: Excellent. All right, so find him on Facebook, Doug Schmidt. <laughs> <And> <laughs> seek him out, make him your friend, and then ask him all your questions.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: Thank you so much, Doug. I hope you have a great week, and I hope that this next challenge is five thousand plus people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. See you later. Have a good night. Thank you so much, Doug, for coming on the show. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting the podcast in this new version, the Karin <laughs> Ninja podcast. I am so excited to have you all. I'm so grateful to everyone who reaches out to me every week and tells me their story or asks me questions or, you know, joins my Facebook page or my Facebook group. I'm so glad to have you all on this journey with me. We're all learning and traveling together. And as Doug said, you know, if you think you've fallen off the wagon, don't think of it like that. Think of it like you just stopped to smell the roses or you walked down a different path to look at some flowers and then just hop back on the same whole food plant-based path. And if you slowly get where you're going, don't beat yourself up. Just love yourself through it. It's all going to be okay you're on the right track. Just keep moving forward one step at a time and you'll feel, you'll start to feel so much better. So just don't beat yourself up. There's no point being, feeling guilty about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. And I will see you all next week. Bye.